You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And good morning once again, Real Presence Live listeners. Uh, Nick Medelsky here at St. John Vianney Parish in Fairmont, Minnesota. The one and only Fairmont, Minnesota, uh, frosty Fairmont. But uh, the sun is out, so hopefully it'll warm up a little bit. What a fantastic uh, conversation we just had with uh, Father Bierman, the uh, pastor here about uh, Unbound Prayer and about his vocation story and things like that. And it's uh, my pleasure to introduce our next guest, uh, Deacon Steve Landsteiner, uh, who's the deacon here at uh, St. John Vianney, as well as over in Blue Earth at uh, Saints Peter and Paul. So good morning. Good morning. Uh, Would you mind uh, introducing yourself a little bit? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know I give your titles, but uh, usually there's more than just that to a person. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, yeah. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I'm Deacon Steve Landsteiner, and I am a lifelong member of this parish. I actually was baptized in this church. Wow. Um, My family and I uh, lived just south of town, about 10 miles. I have seven uh, brothers and sisters, two brothers and five sisters, and... uh, we uh, we had a, a good Catholic upbringing, and uh, um, from there, you know, I kind of wanted to test out the world, and so I I did what I what I did, and <coughs> and uh, and kind of fell away from the church and explored many other things, uh, mm. but then I had a, a very uh, uh, important experience with the Lord, uh, actually through through a Christian radio station oh. and some uh, contemporary music, and it kind of piqued my interest. And so I started looking at that and came, became involved in Charismatic Renewal. Okay. Uh, and um, I was uh, involved in that, met my wife through there, my wife Marie, and uh, she and I have eight children. We live just west of town here, and um, they're all uh, grown up now, so we have a empty nest. But we have 13 grandchildren. So Beautiful. Yeah, we're kind of keeping in touch that way. Um, went to went to college uh, at the University of Minnesota in Mankato, um, okay. and uh, got a bachelor's degree in psychology and a minor in philosophy. And uh, through the renewal, um, you know, I you know continued to try to grow in holiness and uh, try to respond to God's call in my life the best I could and. And of course, you know, as a parent, as a Catholic parent, you know, facing the difficulties that the world throws at you, mm. you know, it, it requires a, a lot of time on your knees. And so my wife, Marie, and I spent a lot of time praying for, yeah. for those kids and for, of course, for our family. So, yeah, um, so I was ordained two years ago, a little over two years ago in August of 2020. Um, and of course, COVID was in the middle of all of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there was some a bunch of delays. I actually started um, in my formation uh, long before that. About uh, the year 2000, I entered into uh, the lay institute at that okay, time called yeah. the yeah the Institute of Lay Ministry. It was called then. It was a prerequisite for diaconate. I knew I wanted to be a deacon. I I felt mm. that there was a call. 
and so I needed to get all of those, jump through all those hoops to make that <laughs> right. happen. Uh, but it wasn't the time. Uh, after I finished the Institute, uh, you know, our youngest son was just a baby, and he cried all the way over and all the way home. Mm. So yeah. Marie and I looked at each other, and we just knew this isn't the time. And mm. so it was delayed. And then I joined uh, the the uh, the second class of deacons in our diocese and uh, went through four years of formation. And then, um, because of some personal reasons, my mother-in-law became ill, and we took her into our home, and everything got very complicated very fast. And so I kind of backed out at that point, hoping to pick it up again. And then. It came in and they decided they were going to revamp the whole program. So that uh, took five years. Yeah. And uh, when we finally did have a new curriculum, uh, said, can I, can I pick up where I left off? And they said, well, you apply and we'll see what happens. <laughs> and uh, so I went through five more years of form- formation. So, yeah. She was, may be the be- the most well-formed uh, deacon in the diocese, huh? That's what my spiritual director <laughs> told me. I said I take I take some consolation in that because uh, you know, when you uh when you're hard-headed, why you need a a lot, a lot of help. <laughs> uh so uh so again, you mentioned kind of the length of time there and how that that, that vocation call was kind of on your heart. Could you kind of explain you know, to someone who's uh, look from the outside looking in would say, well, why after all these years are you still pursuing the diaconate? Why, you know, why is that something that you felt called to still? Yeah, well, that's a great question, Nick. Um, you know, when I when I was involved in charismatic renewal, we went uh, to a conference and there was a, a first deacon I ever saw uh, attending at liturgy up there uh, at the altar and he had this diagonal stole on <laughs> and uh, and uh, his name was Deacon Jim Hep and he was from Jackson. Uh, oh, we okay. didn't have a permanent diaconate program in our diocese. So uh, he was born and raised in Jackson, moved up to the archdiocese and became a deacon there. Gotcha. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, before I got married, I was discerning the priesthood. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, I don't want to uh, in any way uh, portray the diaconate as a almost priesthood. Oh, right. Well, yeah. Or anything like yeah. that. But there was a desire there to serve, to serve God's people. I loved the liturgy. I fell in love with the Lord, with the Word of God. And I knew that I wanted to do something uh, in that field. And so... Um, the diaconate was was my best option, and so you know that's that's the way I went, and I've never regretted it. It's been, you know, it hasn't been easy, but uh, it it's been very rewarding. Absolutely. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, Nick Medelsky and Deacon Leaves, <laughs> mix two names together there. Let's try that again. Deacon Steve Landsteiner, uh, the deacon here at St. John Vianney in Fairmont, as well as Saints Peter and Paul in Blue Earth. Uh, so what's been sort of, uh, I guess, the most uh, fulfilling part of diaconal ministry? Yeah, great question. Um, I would have to say it's sounds a little selfish to say it but it's my own growth and holiness um as i as i uh, continue to you know pray and to uh do the liturgy of the hours as i uh, continue to minister at at liturgy here 
all of those things are um, bringing me closer and closer in communion with God and and in my family, their their support, their um, you know, there was a paradigm shift in the way people looked at me, um, mm. and and I can only I can only um, believe that it is the grace of ordination mm. um, because I'm I'm not I'm not as a person different, right? But you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, so you know, I just uh, just love to expound on uh, the practical application of the Word of God in our lives. Mm. And, but perhaps the, the most um, awe-inspiring uh, thing for me is when I visit the, uh, the dying mm. and when I can bring them communion, when I can pray with them. Mm -hmm. And there's this, uh, this almost, you know, this very thin veil between this life and the next, and it's a sacred yeah. moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, to share that moment with people who are spending their last moments here on earth is an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine. I imagine. Beautiful. So uh, all of that said, uh, what would you say to, young, to a man who might be considering a vocation to the diaconate? pray a lot <laughs> and you know and seek out spiritual advice uh, from people i mean you know you um it, it is a it is a quite a commitment um there is a, a you know a time commitment involved a big time commitment and so you need to have the support of your family you need to um, discern it very carefully and you need to pray a lot about it but the rewards are you know amazing and fantastic and um, I, I just love serving this parish and, and Saints Peter and Paul, and uh, I love preaching the Word. I, I just love everything about it. So I encourage you: pray and discern, and really search it out. Do a do a plus delta. What are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? <laughs> uh, if you have to, but ultimately, it's all up to the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, beautifully put. Beautifully put. Um, so for those uh, maybe wondering, because we still have a few minutes before the break, and I think we'll hold off on the talking about the Catholic radio here in Fairmont sure. until after the break. Uh, but uh, one thing I think uh, maybe people are still, um, well, I think uh, diaconal ministry looks different in different parishes, different dioceses and things like that. Would you mind talking just a little bit about what what your ministry here at these parishes looks like? Sure. Yeah, so um, the deacon is the icon of Christ, the servant. And so um, <clears throat> in the Acts of the Apostles, the first deacons that were chosen, there were seven of them, were, were ordained and chosen to serve the poor, uh, to serve the widows. Uh, they, they weren't getting their daily distribution right. of food. And uh, so that's a very big part of, of what we do, um, called to service, Christ the servant. And of course, uh, I think of Jesus when, at the uh, at the Last Supper, he washed the feet of the apostles, and then he said, "You are to do likewise." Mm. And I think it's uh, the way it is manifested here in this parish is, you know, I'm involved with uh, the Society of Saint Vincent de Paul. Mm. Um, we, uh, I'm very strongly involved in the Knights of Columbus here locally, mm. who has done so much good work for the community. Yeah. Um, and uh, but but more than that, perhaps is is uh, people just kind of come out of the blue and they give me a call and say, "Can we sit down and talk? I I got yeah. some things to talk about." And um, 
There's a lot of hurting people out there. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very much involved uh, with Unbound Ministry as well, which, Beautiful. which you yeah, talked to Father Beerman about. about. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, praying over those people and uh, praying with them and seeing the vast changes in their life is very rewarding. So I think that kind of encapsulates it. Beautiful, beautiful. Just such a wonderful vocation to have in the church and so wonderful to see a visit with the different deacons across the diocese here. And uh, I've shared before on air, I'm in my fourth year of formation for the diaconate in the Ukrainian Catholic Church and kind of similar vocation. So I always like talking to deacons and talking about that vocation because it's still a fairly new thing for a lot of people. Um, You know, as you mentioned, there's only been two or three classes here in the diocese, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, uh, and some, some have gone elsewhere and come back and, you know, brought their ministry with them, but uh, always love talking about it, especially it's, it's a newer church wise, right? Uh, It's a very ancient vocation, right? All the way in the Acts of the Apostles, as we mentioned, but uh, still kind of newer. uh, The revival is kind of new. The old becomes new. Exactly. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, uh, Thanks for joining us on Real Presence Live. Stay tuned through the break. Uh, Speaking with Deacon Steve Landsteiner, this is Nick Medelsky at St. John Vianney in Fairmont, Minnesota. We'll be talking about uh, Catholic Radio here in Fairmont, so stay tuned. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo De Filippis of St. Luke Productions. The Baptism of the Lord. In the Gospel account of the Baptism of Jesus, the mystery of death and resurrection, sin and redemption, sin and forgiveness is prefigured. Jesus descends into the depths of the Jordan. Being submerged in the river is a symbolic representation of the process of death. An old life is buried so that a new one can arise. Because Jesus himself is without sin and has no old life to bury, his acceptance of baptism is an anticipation of the cross, whereby he begins to share in our lot and to take upon himself our sins and our death. At the moment when he comes up out of the river, the heavens part, and from them is heard the voice in which the Father acknowledges him as his Son. The opening of heaven is a sign that this descent into our night is the dawning of a new day, that the barrier between God and man is being broken down by this identification of the Son with us. God is no longer inaccessible. In the depths of our sins and even of death, He searches for us and brings us into the light again. To this extent, the baptism of Jesus anticipates the entire drama of His life and death and at the same time explains them to us. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. 
And welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Medelsky here at St. John Vianney Parish in Fairmont, Minnesota. A beautiful morning to be with you. Uh, joined by Deacon Steve Landsteiner, who's the deacon here at St. John Vianney in Fairmont, as well as Saints Peter and Paul in Blue Earth. Uh, so I kind of teased it before the break. I guess I teased it twice, sort of. Um, but uh, one of the other ministries you're very involved with here in Fairmont is uh, Catholic Radio. Uh, how did that uh, How did that start? Yeah, um, it's an interesting story because uh, we've been at that for a long time, too. Um, in our first class of uh, deacon formation, uh, one of my fellow classmates was complaining that they didn't have EWTN or any kind of uh, Catholic media presence over in Worthington. Mm. And so uh, we happened to be watching EWTN TV, and at the time there was uh, Mother Angelica came on and said... Uh, you know, we're going to offer free uh, uh, programming to right. anyone who starts a radio station, and here's how you apply. And my wife, uh, God bless her, got all excited and said, <laughs> uh, hey, we're going to give this to, I won't say who, but <laughs> uh, we're going to give this to somebody in Worthington that we, that, you know, that we know and love. And, uh, um, and uh, that particular guy said to me, I don't have time for that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, uh, and so I looked at Marie and she said, now what? I said, well, I said, we, we know how to apply. We have EWTN TV here, but we don't have radio. Mm -hmm. um, I said, we could apply and just see what happens. So at that time, uh, we applied for and received a construction permit for a 22,500-watt station. Mm -hmm. um, and we got excited, and we put some things together, and we spent some money on the application out of our own pocket. We did a lot, of bunch of a bunch of stuff to get this pulled together, and uh, and then we went down to Mobile, Alabama, and visited the, uh, with some of the staff there. Mm -hmm. And um, one of them took a look at our marketing plan and said, um, "Not going to work. You're huh? going to go broke." <laughs> Now, not being interested in going broke, I said, yeah. I said, well, uh, okay. So we let that construction permit expire. Hmm. Um, and then uh, a sh probably about four. So for, so for people, um, people listening, I guess, uh, yeah. we, we understand these things because we we're both involved in radio. Uh, but could you kind of explain what a construction permit is and, and sure. what that entails? Yeah, sure. So the, the Federal Communications Commission um, has uh, lots of rules and regulations about who can send out uh, a message on the airwaves. And they keep very close uh, 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 rules and regulations around that. So you can't just build a station and start broadcasting. Right. So a uh, construction permit is uh, the initial approval to say, uh, you know, we're, we're going to allow you to go ahead and build a station. Um, and, uh, and then we will, if you've jumped through all the hoops properly, we'll let you have a license and we can, you know, start. So that particular uh, frequency and that particular power was okayed by the FCC and we were, you know, hoping to, to go ahead with that. Right. That, yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. a good explanation. Yeah, so uh, then it kind of was dead in the water for a while, Nick. And then all at once I got a call from a fellow from Catholic Radio Association, and mm -hmm. he said, hey, guess what? Uh, Low-power radio window has opened, and the FCC is going to entertain applications for that. Are you interested? And I said, not at all, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, well, what? I said, well, uh, you know, honestly, with what we went through last time, um, 
you know, I, I'm not interested in just, you know, spending a lot of time and seeing a bunch of money go down a rat hole. So, yeah. you know, yeah. he said, well, how about if we do the engineering study for free? Wow. I said, now you got my attention. Yeah. Talk. And so we worked it out and we were uh, uh, authorized to, we got a construction permit and uh, it's a pretty shoestring budget. Uh, we've got an old trailer in there that we call the Radio Shack and we <laughs> bought the equipment, put in there. My dad gave me a, a, an old tower uh, that he had, a 70 foot tower and we erected that with the antenna on it and we've been broadcasting now for seven years on 90.1 FM. Um, and it's it's basically it is uh, a download uh, from EWTN and, and mobile. So all of their programming is the same as what we have. The only difference is we have our station identification at the top of the right. hour. Yeah, which uh, the FCC needs you to have there. Requires yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Um, a, a lot of the similar programming to what we have on Real Presence Radio. Just so yeah. just so the listeners are are understanding. They're separate entities, right? But uh, almost, almost identical programming, and definitely, uh, as we were talking on the phone before this, you know, we're all in this together, right? We're That's all right. in here to to bring Catholic radio to as many people as we can. So uh, it's kind of cool that we're able to uh, to do this. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, Fairmont is sort of the western edge of our AM signal, uh, but it's really nice to have that FM signal here, um, especially here in Fairmont. Uh, some of the people who might not uh, have been here to Fairmont, uh, could you kind of explain uh, why Catholic Radio in Fairmont? Uh, well, uh, we, you know, Fairmont has a population of about 10, 11,000 people, um, and we are the county seat here in Martin County. Um, we're right in the center of the diocese. Hmm. Our hope, of course, is to spread Catholic Radio throughout the whole diocese. And I know that Real Presence uh, has that same uh, desire to, mm-hmm. to, you know, to uh, get out to as many people as possible. Um, so, yeah, we we were here. Um, we, you know, there's a there's a there's a piece in the construction permit that talks about local presence and local programming. And um, I have an acreage west of town, and we had the room to put it there, and so that's what we did. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, and it's and since that time, I don't know if we want to um, talk uh, about the new construction permit that we have. Yeah, three hundred watts. Mm. Uh, so now we're a full power station in our little station there on the acreage. We also have a construction permit for a six kilowatt station, and mm. so we're going to have to do some fundraising and uh, other things to to get that up and running. We have three years to build that station, so. Oh, beautiful, and that would yeah. be quite the, the for for people who don't know the increase in watts will will uh, it corresponds to an increase in coverage area. I mean, you would think that's intuitive, but you know, for some people, it's just numbers. But that's quite a substantial increase in coverage. Indeed, yeah, we're hoping to be able to get almost all the way in your car at least to Mankato, um, and uh, you know, maybe Spirit Lake, and you know, certainly Jackson and Blue Earth. So. We've got high hopes. Yeah, I'd say right now, at, at least in the car, I could pick it up around Blue Earth, I think is where the eastern, and then I don't know how far west maybe. or Yeah, a little over halfway to Jackson. Um, yesterday, last week sometime, Marie said, yeah, I went over there to Jackson, and I, I got to within a mile of Jackson, and I still yeah. had the signal. So, Well, there you go. Yeah. That's, uh, that's doing, doing pretty good. So um, 
I, I guess the question is, and, and I think everyone listening should know this, but uh, but why go through all of that to bring Catholic Radio? Why why is Catholic Radio that you know important? We're seeing an increasing animosity toward God and His and His ways, His His calling in our lives, the Catholic Church, and so on. The world is changing rapidly, and it's becoming more polarized. People, I think, if they really know the truth, if they know the the, the reality that Jesus. Christ is our Lord and Savior, Redeemer of the world, and if they really, really get the truth and are able to apply it in their lives, the the world could change. And obviously, they have to get that message in order for that to happen. We've had a reduction in attendance at masses uh, and right. and in and Christian churches uh, generally. Right. Uh, and so we really want to get the message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. We believe it is an important part of the new evangelization, which, as you know, uh, Pope St. John Paul II uh, launched in, during his pontificate. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's real, it's, it's very uh, uh, relevant, it's very powerful, and people need to hear it. Absolutely, absolutely. If you're just joining us now, uh, Nick Bedelski and Deacon Steve Landstein are here in Fairmont, Minnesota at St. John Vianney uh, Parish. Um, for people listening, I know uh, you're still kind of at, at the starting stages of this, but if uh, people listening want to help, if they want to find out, are there ways they can help? Absolutely. Um, we uh, we have a lot of money to raise to build this new station, and we, we have, of course, uh, daily uh, expenses with the radio station that we are currently operating. So, you know, prayer a lot of prayer for us and for our apostolate and and then uh you know donations for sure i mean nothing happens in this world without spending money and for a 6000 watt transmitter is going to cost somewhere around 30 to 40000 dollars um and um so we're going to have to have that to get this new station up and running so yeah first and foremost pra- prayer uh g- you know uh ask ask for god's will we wanna we wanna respond in a way that glorifies God. Um, if we're not supposed to build this station, we won't. Uh, right. <laughs> but if we're called to build it, we're gonna build it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Deacon uh, Steve Landsteiner, for joining me on Real Presence Live. Stay tuned after the break. We'll be speaking about the Hope Shop here in Fairmont, as well as Options Pregnancy Centers. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. 